growing population. Building the new church, however, required a petition to both the House of Burgesses and to the royal governor, Alexander Spotswood. By 1710, the cost of such a building would amount to 200 pounds, payable out of a tax on liquor and slaves. Yes, you heard that correctly, liquor and slaves. This seems to have been the common base of income for this part of the colony, as taxes on those two sources were frequently used for needed funds. Governor Spotswood himself was asked to design the new church, which would be completed by 1715. As the town prospered, so did Bruton Parish, and by the mid-1700s, the decision was made to add a steeple to the church. The person hired for that work was none other than the local builder, Benjamin Powell, who we visited in the first tour. At that time, Powell was a very busy man. His work during the mid-1700s included repairs to both the jail and the capital, and he was embarking on the construction of the public hospital. So you get the idea that Powell is a respected builder around town. This steeple, actually it's a bell tower, is the first of its kind in Virginia. Note the iron weather vane at the top of the tower. It is believed that it dates to 1769, about the time that the tower was built. And the bell was a gift, donated in 1761 by James Tarpley, whose store we will see shortly. The first organist of Bruton Parish was Peter Pelham. A well-known and respected musician, Pelham also helped install the organ. His stipend of 25 pounds per year, though, was not sufficient to support a growing family, so he also became the town's jailer, taking up residence in the jail. As the town's jailer, Pelham was known to bring a prisoner or two with him to services, not necessarily to save the prisoner's soul, but to pump the air for the organ. Another interesting point about Peter Pelham, when Pelham's father remarried, Pelham became the stepbrother to the renowned artist John Singleton Copley. In 1903, a new rector arrived who would begin his own revolution that would result in the town of Williamsburg, the Reverend William Archer Rutherford Goodwin. But before that historic notion took hold, Goodwin began a much-needed restoration of the church itself. That first restoration was completed in 1907. The church would receive a good deal of attention during the restoration of the town in the 1930s. In recognition of his immeasurable contributions to Colonial Williamsburg, Goodwin is buried inside the church. Today, Almost 350 years after the first church was erected, Bruton Parish Church continues to serve Williamsburg. While you're visiting, be sure to stop by and talk with the knowledgeable volunteers and see the many memorials lining the walls. And be sure to look for the plaque that honors the visionary, Rev. Dr. Goodwin. Speaking of burials, we're going to take a quick stroll around the burial ground where you can view some of the final resting places of Williamsburg notables.
From the church records, we can estimate that there are about 30 burials within the church building. The number of burials in the graveyard can only be estimated, however, because so many early burials were either marked poorly or not marked at all. During the 17th and 18th centuries, families might choose to bury their dead in a place closer to home rather than in a churchyard. Frequently, the burial would take place in a small plot on the family property. Even here in Williamsburg, that was the case. As more families settled on farms and plantations, those burial plots increased in number, and often they were quite far from the local church. How do you think the local ministers felt about having to visit these far-flung places to perform a burial service? Obviously, they would not have enjoyed...